guys and girls, and welcome back to 2019 with the Extended Bench. It's great to be back. We've been waiting all summer long to actually get back into the studio, and unfortunately, Matt, my uh, my usual co-host, my partner in crime, couldn't be here today. But uh, today, as a special guest, and he's been here with us in the past, we've got Brody. Thanks for coming in, bud. It feels good for the first episode of the season. We're already having to utilize the extended bench and bring in shoddy replacements to help I out. I say but... shoddy, man. You're right. no. you've, you've well, done well in the past. And also, yeah. we are in your house at the moment. So yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, if anything, I'm the guest. So well, <laughs> what, we're gonna we'll do, what we're going to do for the first yeah, episode yeah. of the year is... We've been inundated with messages on Twitter about salary cap starting. So obviously, AFL Fantasy has opened, which is absolutely brilliant. And uh, Brody and I have just done a little bit of a rough draft of our teams because obviously we've got injuries happening all the time. I mean, we've already had, what, Tom Mitchell, Doherty, and Connor Blakely go down? Good times. Yeah, it's it's like we haven't even started yet, and arguably three of the most relevant players have already gone down. So... Um, it ups the difficulty, and we mm. feel for those players, but uh, now we have to consider a lot of other options, so... Yeah, there's a lot of work to do. We're here to help you, or hinder you, however you... I, I whether think... you trust our advice or not, <laughs> I don't know, but... Yeah. We're, we're going to try and help, so we'll go through our teams, and uh, have a little bit of banter back and forth about who made the worst picks, but uh, we'll start with the defensive lines, um, and... I mean, first up for me in D1, we're looking at Jake Lloyd. And have you got Jakey Lloyd in your team? Uh, Jake Lloyd actually only made his team made his way into my team today. So I don't think he's the set and forget that everyone is has him as. But I do think he's a very good premium and someone you should feel assured with. Well, I think he's definitely top six at the end of the year for me. I definitely agree. And I think that he's just priced on about what he should be. I don't think he's going to go down. So if you start the year with him, you're not going to lose any cash, no. and he's he's going to score well. I think he's going to benefit somewhat yeah. from the new uh, plus three kick-ins, yeah. um, because he was the number one at the at the Swans, and he's the number one in the uh, the AFL, I believe, at yeah. um, play on kick-ins. So I actually own Jake Lloyd in a keeper league, so it's yeah, not biased yeah, talking yeah. or stop, anything. Stop rubbing it in. Um, I think. The, he did have the most kicks in the Sydney Swans outfit last year, mm-hmm. but two causes for concern with me with this new kick-in rule are Dane Rampey and Jared McVeigh. In my opinion, are both better kicks, especially Jared McVeigh. I feel like he'll be someone who's really good to utilise his precision kicking out of with the new um, kick-in rule. Okay. Um. So I could see him dropping a few points there, and then I could see him dropping a few f- because he normally benefits from a lot of chip marks in the back mm-hmm. pocket. However, he still gets so many damn kick-ins in <laughs> spite of that that I think overall he should go up still. I just don't think it's this massive 10-plus point projection that um, or increase that some are projecting. Would yeah. you agree with that or not? I, I think that he'll stay pretty much on what he's averaging, if not go up slightly. Yeah. But I, I don't... See, with these kick-in rules, a lot of people are talking about some defenders going up by 15 or 20. Yeah. I honestly don't think that's going to happen. Like, okay. points are going to be lost in other areas if they are gaining, mm-hmm. uh, gaining, you know, an extra plus three from play-ons. There's a lot of these players that would still be receiving cheap plus sixes during the game, yep. so, which they won't get with a longer kick. And an assumption that a lot of people are making is that 100% of these kicks will now be taken outside the square. Yeah. When, in actuality, you could still have an option where you take one step and do the kick in there you might take 75% you might take 
55%. We don't know. Yeah. And that's why preseason is so important to watch this year. So um, It's going to be really interesting yeah. with JLT. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll get on to the second spot. I'm, I'm sure you've got this guy on your side because you're a big fan of his. James Sicily for me. I actually do have James Sicily. Yeah, there he, is my, right. he is my D3. Oh. I actually have another premium defender there too. Oh. But he's, he's a fantastic kick and I think he should really benefit from the rules he's, also. He's going to benefit. Absolutely going to benefit. And... Um, I think that, you know, if he gets a smooth run with injury and also, you know, his temper a little bit, that he will be... Uh, I think he'll be top two with Jake Lloyd for me. He, it'll be... Sicily will be that much. Um, so I'll move on to my third. Yeah. Um, I've got Alex Witherden. Okay. He's I, just snuck into my team. I also have Alex Witherden oh in my, my D4. <laughs> so I've actually, as everyone can tell, um, I've got a very loaded up defense right now. Yeah. And that the reason for that is twofold. One, the rookies in the defense line are, is terrible. Oh, it's it pretty is, woeful. It's the worst by far. Two, the premium options are really good, especially with this kick-in rule. And um, three, I kind of like mid-price options in other positions. Yeah, so so that's kind of why I've done that. Um, I do understand that my midfield's a bit horrific, but we'll get to that <laughs> at some point. But Witherden, what, why do you like Witherden? I, I just... Every year, the... Um... Uh, you know the increase increase in uh, in possessions, the increase in quality of uh, disposal. I mean, Alex Witherden just sort of he reminds me a little bit of a a younger, taller Grant Birchall, okay. um, and but he has the potential to score much better than him, even than Birchall in his mm. heyday. And I, I just like the way he moves. The Brisbane Lion defenders are always looking to get it to him as well. Um, and Luke Hodge is going to... Well, he's going to be there for some of it. He's going to miss a lot of games too. Yeah. Those are the sorts of games when, when Hodge is rested, Witherden is going to go massive. Uh, when Hodge is playing, Witherden is still going to go big. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I want him in my team from the start for me. And also, I think he's a little bit underpriced right now for Definitely. what he can do. So, so at 639k... He's only going to go up from there, in my opinion. Yeah, that's priced at 88 average. Yeah. That is. Um, if you look at towards the end of the year, he was someone firmly cementing himself in the top six defenders. He averaged 98 from, 99 from his final eight games. Mm. If you take out the hamstring in- injury for about 11... The hamstring injury is also good in a good in a sense because that means he would have averaged ninety one and a half without that injury. So all of a sudden you've got three to four points of upside before you even factor in his good form and the kick in rule. He's a great pick for mine. Yeah, I, I love Alex Witherden. So uh, we'll move on. Uh, My now, premium. All right. Yeah, I'll you, go. you can go first because you look like you've got another premium. At, yeah, uh, I do. D four. And or that is that is Lockie Whitfield. All um, right. Okay. I do think he may not get as many kick-in duties as people suspect with Heath Shaw being a really good option and Zach Williams too. Mm -hmm. However, his form just um, towards the end of last year was incredible. Um, The only games where... He was going way over 105 and um, only got reduced to about a 105 average in the last 10 due to getting tagged in a few games. Now, if that does happen, there is cause for concern, but I just think his upside is by far the most of any defender, and I like him a lot for that reason. Yeah, I like Lockie Whitfield too. I I am probably a little bit more perturbed than you about the uh, the tag Mm -hmm. because now that Shield's not there, it's going to be Kelly and Whitfield that are going to be uh, getting the tags. And because Whitfield, I I still feel, will be playing a defensive role, Mm -hmm. there's more of a chance that Kelly will get a legitimate midfield tagger and they will sit a defensive forward onto Whitfield. I mean, the new rule changes could actually, because we've got the 6-6-6 lineup, you could see defensive forwards go slightly more out of the game. They may not be as in vogue because... 
there's going to be a lot quicker movement, I think. It's not going to be easy to congest the field like it was in the past few years. Interesting. So maybe Lockie Wigfield gets more freed up because of that. But I, I'm just not willing to pay the money at the moment for, for that. I'll, I'll wait and see for the first, uh, first part of the season. And he'll be an upgrade target for me. Okay, very interesting. Uh, totally see your points there. I personally think he's a great option still, but um, you really you have to nitpick when it comes to to these guys. You, you do. You so do. Um, any any potential downside is one to make, take note of. Mm. So especially at the start of the season when when you're selecting premiums. So uh, in in past years I, I've mixed and matched a lot. So a lot of people have said you know go with the premiums and rookies strategy. Um, some people have said max up on mid prices, take the risk. Um, I, I sort of do a little bit of both. Do you have a, a strategy that you stick with? Yeah, I personally think trying to go a strategy, in my opinion, is a recipe for disaster. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All you have to think for yourself and you have to just pick the players that you think represent the most value, whether that be mid-price, whether that be premium. Mm. You shouldn't shoehorn your strategy because a website tells you to do that or you're preconditioned to thinking that you should. I think just go with who in your gut you feel the most confident about. I like it. Think it for yourself. Um, all right, so that's your four. My fourth slotting in here, and I don't have as many premiums as you. I've got Zach Williams here as my mid- first mid-pricer. Um, um, I would totally agree. With, I have Zach Williams yeah, also. Yeah, I think so. So that's he'll be your fifth in defense, and I, I think Zach Williams is an absolute must-have this year. If you don't start the year with Zach Williams, you're doing something wrong. He's, he's one of those 100% players that everybody should have in their team at the start. Do you think Zach Williams is the biggest lock in all of fantasy? I, I probably have maybe one or two others later in the, uh, mm-hmm. the team. Um, uh, there's a Ford in particular that I'm thinking of, a premium Ford, okay, yep, um, yep. <laughs> who, who should absolutely be a lock. Um, and there's always a couple of those rookies that you just know are going to get mm. game time that are cheap enough that everybody has to have. But he would be as close to the number one lock as anyone else in the team. Yeah, he is for me too. Um, he's priced at 59. That's ridiculous. So Came in for a, a, a massive ton as well in his last game of the season last year. I think he goes 85, definitely. At the very least. I, I think, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking more 90. At the, wow, yeah. That, that's what I think he averages. And he might not be a, um, a top six at the end of the year, but you need him for that cash flow that you're going to get into your side. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think everyone has to start with Zach Williams just about. Mm. So, All right, well, I'll go with my next because we've already revealed your five. Uh, yep. My fifth player, I'm already into the rookies and it disgusts me. Yeah. So I've got Sam Collins first up here. Okay, um, interesting. I do not have Sam Collins ooh, in my team at all. Ooh, so we see, I think this. Sam Collins, uh, mature age player, a little bit of, um, you know, a... Uh, a level head coming into the back yep. line of the Suns that just lost May. He was terrific in the VFL as well. I think he'll play every single game next year. He's got the body for it. Um, and he he actually averaged very well last year. He was marking everything that came back there. So even if he only gets, you know, 60 to 65, that's enough to generate some cash into your team. Yeah, so Sam Collins is someone who's really close to being in my team. Um the reason I don't have him is previously at Fremantle, he averaged 59 mm. and 49. So the 49 was from only a few games. So maybe take a little less note of that. Yep. He was fantastic in the VFL last year, but I, I just know from a, as a Fremantle supporter, whilst I love his intercept marking, he was seriously exposed at AFL level in terms of pace. Mm. And in VFL, he always did well in the waffle. He always did well in the VFL. You don't have good key forwards in those leagues. And I think the second that he has to man up 
on or match up against the best forward on the other team. Yeah, yeah, I get you. He could be seriously exposed and could find his way out of that team quickly. And they've got Jack Leslie, they've got Jack Homsch, mm. they've got guys, look, they're not world beaters, but he will have competition for his spot. I don't think he's walk up 22. Ooh. So as a 250k or whatever he is, rookie. 246. 246. So he probably has to average 60 to justify the pick. Mm. And I, I'm I not think he sure averages he 60 does. to 65. For, for me, but I think he's just one of the few defensive rookies, and I say that knowing yeah. full well that I have four defensive rookies in my yeah. side. Um, he's one of the few that I feel you can count on a little bit more. That's why he gets a starting spot on my field. Look, uh, when, when I go through my bench rookies, that, that is the ultimate case for Sam Collins, just yeah. who he's up against. <laughs> so he probably will end up in my team by the end of this pod, actually. So, yeah. Uh, all right, so you're, uh, I think it's up to your sixth, so your last on Yeah, field. my last one um, is Connor Rosie. Connor Rosie. Oh, okay. Paying a little bit more, right? Yeah. yeah. So, do you have Connor Rosie? I don't have Connor Rosie in my side. Okay. So, I think that Connor Rosie will play round one for Port for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there's a bit of a knock on his on his fantasy ability, and and that that's because he doesn't play pure midfield or something like people expect from the under 18s. He's someone who'll come in, he'll play half forward flank, probably taking the wing guard esque kind of role, mm. and I think that he definitely has the potential to put up maybe low 60s or at the very worst high 50s um, which does put him in a similar category to Sam Collins but I think there is a bit more upside there I think he's in a pretty good team and I like his job security so um, I'm a fan of Conor Rosie and I like that flexibility too so yeah I dig it I like it alright alright good stuff Um, uh, my last on field again I I just I hate seeing these sorts of players there I've got Griffin Logue in my team at the moment actually I think this is the year where Fremantle really have to start playing him. If he's injury-free, they really need to give this young man a role on the park because he was an early draft pick. Um, he's a good player as well. He's really good skilled. Um, it takes a good mark. He's a good runner as well. I don't know if he's got the tank quite up to the standard that they want, but the only way you're going to build that is by playing AFL football. Yeah, I also have Griffin Logue on my bench. Yep. And my biggest concern is the scoring ability because I do think that he is best 22. Barely, but I think he's there. <laughs> Barely. Yeah, so um, watch preseason, of course, but he's someone who they at least rate internally. So yeah. um, they'll give him every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's he's one of your bench players. So yep. I'll go on to my first bench player and... You've actually swung me. I'm bringing Connor Rosie into my team because oh, I, I have a spare 70k on my in my bank at the moment. Um, I'm going to replace Hugh Goddard with uh, with Connor Rosie. So oh, there you Hugh go. Goddard was originally in there. I'll pay a little bit more money and uh, I'll get him into my side. Interesting. Um, because, yeah, <laughs> you've already. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. My, um, interesting. I, I, I want to talk about Hugh Goddard actually because yeah. I see him in every single startup team current, pretty much um, listed. He will not play. No, there, there's no unless, chance whatsoever. The only way Hugh Goddard is playing is if there is a ton of injuries, yep. like a ton of injuries. Yep. So if maybe if like Marchbank and Plowman and those sorts of guys, yep. if both of them sort of aren't playing, because they've got Jones, Rowe, Weedering, there's a lot. Exactly. A lot, yeah. Like he's way down there, and he's at the bottom of all of those guys. He couldn't get a game at St Kilda, and have you seen St Kilda's key um, oh defensive stops? <laughs> Other than Carlisle, it is a desolate wasteland. <laughs> You couldn't get a game. Carlisle. Yeah. I mean, Carlisle? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm. if I had any player that I was going to remove in my defense at the moment, mm. would be Hugh Goddard. So yeah. he's out. Um, Connor Rose is in. You, you won me over there, mate. Well done. My last position on, uh, on my field is, 
is just oh, sorry on my bench is Harrison Week. So okay. again, very risky. I don't know if this guy is going to play, but he's bottom priced and. If he is named uh, to take the field in round one, he's absolutely in my side. Totally agree that Harrison Wig is a lock if playing. I think Harrison Wig is absolutely nowhere near the best twenty-two. Okay. Um, he has never got a game in the, there in all the time that he's been there. He's been injured though the entire time. He's, he's not he even played it under uh, at the lower levels. Gold Coast for I know they have a terribly weak team, but because they've had such a weak team and such an injury-prone team, <laughs> every they've had a lot of guys there get games. Their depth is not bad at all because. They're 15 to 35 is very similar in quality. Yeah. Um, Wig, uh, a few guys that I don't think he's getting games on. I'll just read out their halfbacks now. Um, Callum Archie, Pierce Hanley, Jared Harbrow, Jesse Joyce. Um, you know, Sean Lemons is a coach's pet. Yeah, he uh, is. You have guys like Jack Bowes. Mm. Uh, I have all them in the best 22. And then on the bench, I have guys like, well, sorry, not playing. Will Brody, Jesse mm. Lonergan, Matt Rosa, Riscatelli. Yeah, Riscatelli. Bal- players yeah. like that. I can't There's see a lot getting of in them, over it, them. It's tough, but the, the thing is with a lot of these rookie players is this is just sort of placeholder yeah, stuff at the moment. It is. At this early in the season, you can't really, or this early in the preseason, I should say, you can't really say who's going to be playing in round one. You have to wait until pretty much the night before true. round one starts to pick your rookies. Especially with the defenders, because I, I have for my last spot Christopher Burgess, Ooh. and I don't think that he'll play. Like, So he is a pure placeholder for me right mm-hmm. now. Um, I mean, they, they got him as a what top-up top kind of selection. Yeah, he's a, he's a mature age top-up player, so <sighs> if they, I don't they're going to they're yeah. gonna have to play some of these guys. Yeah. Um, it also sickens me how many Gold Coast players are in my team already. It, it actually physically hurts me. Um, okay, cool. I'm just going to quickly go through the most popular defense, which Dream Team Talk has kind of submitted so far. As yep. the, guy, uh, the guys uh, over there have got their sort of vanilla cookie-cutter type. Exactly. The most selected in each position. So, And that is Rory Laird, who we both omitted. Um, is there any reason for that? Uh, probably just the, uh, you know, the selections that we bought in, I feel, are better value or... I. I still feel that Rory Laird is absolutely going to be top six. There's no question about that. But you can't pick everyone at the start and you need to have some upgrade targets. He's one of my upgrade targets. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't think, in terms of his price, I don't think he's going to go up too much further from that. If anything, he's going to stay level or go slightly down. I think he goes down a bit. He does benefit a lot from cheap kicks and from kick-ins. Um, I think there's a few guys like Brody Smith, Brody for Smith example, will take example. Well, he's take another that. one. He's a mid pricer. He's very, very cheap. He's coming in just, I think, just over about 440 or so. So yeah. he's very similar to so Price. What? Very low 60s. That's 61 mm. or so. Yeah. Um, you would imagine he probably gets very close to 80, potentially yep. over it. That's 20 points of upside there. So he's a very, oh, he's a very hard selection for me because he's on that cusp. I'm tempted. I'm very tempted, don't get me wrong. But uh, I, I don't like having too many mid-prices in one line, um, mm. uh, unless it's the mids, because you've obviously got a couple of extra slots in there. Yeah. Um, and I just thought Zach Williams is an absolute lock. So he's my mid-pricer in defense. Yeah, perfect. Um, all right, let's... Uh, the rest of their team oh, is yeah. Yeah, van- very vanilla. Rory Laird, Jake Lloyd, Lockie mm. Whitfield, Zach Williams, Connor Rosie, Sam Collins... And then Harrison Wig and Hugh Goddard on the yep. bench. So, Easy and um, very. We've discussed all of those guys pretty much already, so we'll absolutely. gloss over it. We'll uh, we'll move on to the midfield, shall we? And well, we could actually one sec, if you don't mind. Yeah, I've got yeah, a few take, other defenders. 
keep um, keep a, an eye on these guys in the JLT. Okay, and you right. let me know right now, Christian, if you think any of them have value if playing. All right, let's do it. First off, Corey Ellis. Yes, he's got value. If he's on the park in the, the uh, round one team, I will be very close to selecting him. I will select him if he's playing round one. I do not think he plays round no, one. No, either do I. Um, all right, Jordan Clark. No, I don't think he gets enough games. I think if he's playing in round one, he's probably playing one or two rounds and that's it. They've, okay. got, they've got a lot of halfbacks at the moment, Geelong. He's definitely a fantasy player for the future. I really like the look of this kid. But Geelong is a very hard team to pick for me, for anyone that's not one of the true premiums of their side. The top echelon of Geelong obviously are locked in and you know what you're going to get. I don't know what I'm getting this year from players like Parfit, from Tui, from um, uh, you know uh, Jordan Clark, from... Uh, Dalhouse, you know, a lot of these players, I have no idea what they're going to put on the park. Interesting. I'm higher on, I think, Clark's short-term potential than you are. Maybe Mm -hmm. not long-term, but I think that there is potentially room for him to slot in early. um, And I think he'll have the scoring potential in that Geelong outfit if playing. Um, So I'd be interested if you see him debut. Uh, Yeah, if he's playing in round one, definitely strongly consider. Perfect. Isaac Quainer. No, no, I'm not bringing it. Not in salary cap. In keeper leagues, absolutely have a look at this kid. But um, I'm not trusting a young halfback for Collingwood, considering how many they have. If he plays round one, he's another one for me, considering the quality of the rookies I would be seriously interested in. I think there's a bit of Sam Murray about him, actually, ironically. There is a little bit, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, and again, he's a very talented young player. But, you know, if all of these players were playing in round one, he is also a little bit more expensive. Yeah, so, he is. I mean, if players like, you know, going back, like Wig or Collins and that sort of thing aren't in the round one team, by all means, bring in someone like Clark and Quainer mm-hmm. if they are. At the moment, if they were all playing, I probably would lead them to the side. All right. The last two are very speculative, so bear with me. First, Marty Hoare. Yeah, um, St Kilda player? Uh, sorry, he's Melbourne. But he oh, was Melbourne, a Melbourne. Collingwood VFL player last year. Rangy kind of halfback. Yeah. Nice Bo- kick. Booming kick, yeah. yeah. I, I've heard a lot of good things. It, it seems to be a lot of preseason hype at the moment. And again, Melbourne are one of those stacked sides at the minute. Um, I If he debuts, maybe. But again, I would need to see some JLT action to yeah, make if he's sure debuting, that he's got a solid spot He's a side. lock for me because... Mm-hmm. He's 170 He's 170 well. um, and he's mature age. Mm-hmm. And the last one I have, this is so speculative, Oscar Allen. He's priced at 270 no, and I, he <laughs> might play the second ruck role, they're saying, which is really strange. Yeah. You know how much I love Oscar Allen and I think this kid's going to be absolute gold at some stage in the future. I can't see him playing second ruck. Surely, no, I can't either. Surely it's, um, it's Tom Hickey as number one ruck and then Vardy playing as a tall forward slash second at the start but I'll tell you what he's got uh, brilliant athleticism and very very long arms so there is a potential that it's weird yeah. physical descriptions of I know him personally yeah, so yeah, yeah. alright we'll move, we'll move on to the midfield shall we so first up for me uh, number one pick and my captain is Jack McRae um, so I've splurged a little bit he is uh, the most expensive mid now that Tom Mitchell is injured now for the year. Uh, have you got him in your side? Are I you do saving not cash? have Jack McRae. Saving yeah, some I've cash. Decided to go elsewhere, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, it's just I want him in from the start. I think this is a little bit like Tom Mitchell from last year. Obviously, we had Selby, who was one of the the joint winners of salary cap last year, yep. didn't start with Tom Mitchell. But even he says he regrets not doing that. Um, um, yeah, and the reason for that was. 
Well, Tom Mitchell was over 10 points better than the next best averaging person mm-hmm. last year. So I felt he was a must. Jack McRae, I think he's very interchangeable with Brody Grundy. So I am happy to Captain Grundy instead. I don't feel like I'm really missing out. Yes, so. you're happy, and you're happy to spend that money a little bit elsewhere. And yeah. obviously you've done that in your defensive line because you've got that extra premium mm-hmm. on, top of my, on top of my list. Yeah. Um, so, and I just think Jack McRae, you're going to have to have him in your team at the end of the year. So it's either get him in now or get him in as an upgrade target. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, second on the park for me is Zach Merritt. Um, I think he's as close to a lock on the field for me. Yeah, he's um, my second mid also. I think Zach Merritt is wonderful value this year um, yep. because of what happened to him at the start of last season, getting injured and then tagged relentlessly. Um, I think that it's really priced him at the cheapest we might ever see him. I I think there may be 15 points of upside there if he returns to 2016 or 17 form. So I'm very interested in Zach Merritt. I like it. And he's he's just got this ability to rack it up. Now that Shield's coming in the side as well, um, Essendon have that real burst player, that electric player who is going to dominate, like, uh, not contested possessions, but clearances. He's, He's... He's not Chris Judd, but he's like Chris Judd in the fact that he'll just zip in the middle of a contest and he'll grab the ball out of it and get the clearance. Um, That's the sort of player you want to tag around the stoppages, which means I think it'll go off of Zach Merritt now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a big thing for him. All right, now, since I've done two and you've uh, you've only got one off the park, who is your number one midfielder? Uh, That is Matt Crouch. I'm a big big Matt Crouch guy. I always have I like Matt Crouch too. Um, The reasons I like him is, one, he's priced at 105. Now... If you, if anyone owned him at the start of last year, like me, he did his hammy in the second week, I believe, which um, I think he got about 20 points as a result. That's put him four points under what he should be priced at. So he should be at 109. And then he had to work himself back from a hammy. And you can see that he got it together at the end of the year, 116 from his final nine after the bye. In addition to that, Adelaide should be a hell of a lot better than last year. I think last year was a mare, nightmare season for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I really like... And Matt Crouch actually scored better with Brad Crouch, weirdly enough, in the team also. So. Yeah, that is straight. You'd think the, the more inside contested midfielders, the scoring would go down. But, no, yeah. he does well uh, working off of the other. So, no, it's a good pick for sure, and I think he'll be in the top eight as well. He hasn't made my side, though. Okay. So, my, my number three midfielder is uh, Gus Brayshaw. Ah, uh, yeah. I've, I've gone with Angus this year, and... I just think that he's only got he's only going to go up. So mm-hmm. he's not going to go below what he did. They've got a lot of players that deserve someone getting attacked, particularly Clayton Oliver mm-hmm. um, uh, from Melbourne. And Angus Brasher, I think, is going to slip under the radar somewhat of uh, of opposition midfielders. And I mean, Matt and I last year we went to uh, to Melbourne for the weekend. We saw Melbourne playing uh, the Bulldogs at Etihad Stadium. Watching Angus Brayshaw spread away from the contest was an absolute delight. Yeah. He was everywhere. He was racking up marks. He was in at the contest as well, getting tackles. I love him, and he's locked in my side. So, Angus Brayshaw, I absolutely love as well. I'm just playing devil's advocate. All right. What I, I, I had him in my side. Um, he went 116 after the bye. Mm. However, the one thing that worries me a little is he didn't play much inside mid when Jack Viney came in. He averaged 97 from the six games where Viney played towards mm. the end of the year. I can see that. So mm. that's the only knock. His upside is limitless. Yeah. Like, I, I love Angus Brasher. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really betting on the upside here. Yeah, you're right. Jack Viney does present a bit of a risk. 
but I just I just love what I've seen from him. Yeah. And, and when he was spreading even from the contest and getting those outside marks, I think that they'll work a little bit better towards maybe spreading him and, uh, and getting some plus sixes this year. Yeah. Um, who is your third midfielder? Okay, this is where my backline's starting to haunt me now. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. My third midfielder is actually Brad Crouch. Oh, jeez. I'm already right, yeah. there. Yeah, I've gone. <laughs> I've topped up the rest of my team. Wow. Because I like the rookies and the mid prices in okay. the midfield. Okay. Brad Crouch, I think, um, represents very, very good value. He does. There's, there's a lot of value to be had there. If he's not injured, I think he pretty much has to start because he's priced in the 70s. Mm. Um, that's 30 points of upside there, or at least 25. So he, I'm very yeah, confident he at least that. averages 95 if he's fit and on the park. Mm. So. I think that's a really good good option. Actually. Do you have him? I don't have Brad Crouch. No, I've got. But there's a small chance that he'll be sneaking into my team with a couple of uh, of changes because there's a guy I'm going to get to in a little bit who I'm really worried about. Okay. Um, my number four uh, is Dusty Martin. Okay. I've got now. He's a bit of a hype player at the moment. A lot of people are bringing him into their team. He's priced at 674k. Mm-hmm. It's uh, about 90 average. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's actually a little bit lower than that. Mm. It might be like 86 or something like that. All I know is that compared to what he uh, he put up in his Brownlow year, he's got 20 points of upside there. I don't think he gets up to quite those highs again, but having Tom Lynch come into the side... I think frees him up to play more midfield time. He looked a little bit disinterested last year as well, to be honest. It was like, you know, oh, we've won the Premiership, I've won the Brownlow, I've oh, just sort of run around, kick it every once in a while. He was still very good. He made the All-Australian list, but he just didn't hunt the ball like he did the year before. Um, he didn't tackle as hard, it seemed like, um, and he played a more forward role. So mm. I think that he moves back into the midfield and he at least averages 105, which mm. presents really good value there. Um he might be a top eight still, or he might be the very last guy you upgrade. Yeah, for me, I think he averages between 100 and 105. Okay, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty much what he's done his whole career, or the last like five years. Other than that, other than last year, and other than the year he went 110 and won the brown line. But he was about three years between 100 and 105 before that. Um, I think he's a great pick. I just have opted to go for yeah, other guys. Yeah. Hard to slip him in. Uh, what is your number four? <laughs> All right, how, this how, is the bias. How shallow is this getting? Uh, my number four is Andrew Brayshaw. So Andrew Brayshaw is number four for you. Wow. Okay. There's a bit of bias coming in there, being a massive Frio fan. But I, I actually always abstain from picking Fremantle players. I swear. And Andrew Brayshaw is something else. And the reason for that, it, he's very unique for starters. Mm. He's priced at 67, which um, to me, I think there really is 20 points of upside there, and. Um, I think with Lockie Neal going, that massively helps him. Blakely injured helps him. Stephen Hill injured helps him. He's in the top three Fremantle mids um, oh, behind yeah, Fife is. and Mundy, who's 34. So he, mm. he's going to get like perma mid time. And then if you look at his scores towards the end of the year before a certain uh, act happened to his face, he was looking... <laughs> That's so mad. <laughs> I don't want to mention any names. I'm not an accusatory person. All right, all right. But... Uh, These were his last few scores before getting injured. So he went 95, 74, 79, 96, and then 55 a couple of minutes after halftime. So he was on track for his best score ever. He was. um, And he was best on ground for Frio at that point. So what that tells me, that puts his average at about 87 or so from his last five games. 
if he returns on that average, not taking into account natural improvement or, um, you know, the fact that Neil's gone. So I do think he can hit 90. And, you know, sometimes second-year players pop. It's not always second-year blues. Yep. I feel very confident with him. I think 85s is just about his floor. It's rare that second player, second season players pop, but there, you're right, there are a couple. I mean, like, uh, the one that I can think of is Clayton Oliver. He had, like, a first season average of about 60 and then went straight up to 101. Yeah, Tim Taranto was one, Jack McRae was one. So Jack McRae was it's, huge. It's only happened very recently with these second, guys, uh, second year guys starting to pop, but I think Brayshaw has the perfect situation and what he showed me last year has given me a lot of encouragement. Do you think there's any mental obstacles or issues no. after that? No. You're all good with that? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there is either, but there has been a lot of articles coming out recently of Ross Lyon in one particularly uh, talking about the fact that it's a, a huge mental hurdle that mm. he'll have to get over getting back onto the park. I'm sure that after a full preseason, all that training, all the match simulation, the JLT, that there won't be an issue, but... It, it could be something that crops up in the mind. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, I think that's a good pick, to be honest. Yeah, Look, I may get so. cold feet before the season starts, yeah. but right now <laughs> I'm kind of digging it. I love it, man. All right, my, uh, my fifth midfielder on the field, we're looking at Dan Hanabry. Now, <laughs> he is the one that I'm worried about. So obviously he's had a couple of niggles. He's been in my side since, uh, since I knew that he was going to the Saints and how cheap he was, basically, because... He's best 22 there. He's absolutely playing every game if he's fit. He, he he just forgot how to play football last year. It was ridiculous. So he's averaged 110 in the past. He's not going to get to that now. But even if he gets up to 90 or 92 average, that's a huge price increase. He's, he's priced at about 63, man. Yeah, I think 90 is his ceiling for mm-hmm. me. Um I've had him all preseason until I switched him to Brayshaw very recently. Yeah. So that would have saved you a little bit of cash as well. Uh, no, it actually cost me cash. How uh, much is Brayshaw? He's priced at sixty-seven. So a oh bit wow, more. yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about Hanabry, I I just think he's done. I think he's cooked. Mm. Um, the way that he spoke about his body on trade radio last year <laughs> gave me no confidence. It sounded like a busted car, didn't it? Yeah, it was horrible. He was like. It was like he was trying to convince himself. His 2018 form was disgusting. Like, disgustingly Mm. bad. His 2017 was... It wasn't great. It was okay. It was okay. I think the only thing he has going for him is St. Kilda want to kind of show off this shiny new car. Oh, sorry. This repair, this busted car, as you were just alluding to. And he'll play probably pure inside at the start until they realize he's cooked and then they won't play him. Um... I don't know. I, I don't rate him at all anymore. Like, yeah, I think he's done. I think that it's just the price that's goading me into this. Yeah. So if if he was slightly more expensive, if he was priced at about 70 yeah. to 75 average, yeah. I wouldn't pick him. Yeah. But he's priced so low. And if he gets on the park in round one, I'm picking him. Yeah, he's a, he's a pure watch JLT for yeah. me. If he has one game where he comes out and looks even like 60% of the Hanabry of old, I'll bring him in. Yeah. But... Uh, Unless I get that, he's staying out for now. All right, fair cool. Uh, all right, who have you got as your number five, man? Uh, my number five is Anthony Miles. Oh, okay, so you squeeze Miles in. I like this pick. Yeah, so Miles is priced at 58. Um, so low. I think that Miles is actually fairly talented, personally. Uh-huh. Um, I, so think, I think he's a good contested player. Yeah, he was probably the best VFL player going around last year. Mm. And um, Anthony Miles or Jared Lyons, who's more talented? Because I think it's pretty close. I think Jared Lyons is more talented in terms of overall football ability, yep. but 
uh, Anthony Miles' skill at one specific set, which is that contested yeah. ball, which is what they is need. very high. Yeah. So it's it's like you know. Um, uh, Jared Lyons is a bit of a jack of all trades, mm. whereas uh, Anthony Miles is a specialist. Yeah. Well, at Richmond, he's kind of in the past averaged a bit over 85, um, but that's with sharing midfield minutes. Yeah. So I think at Gold Coast, they'll kind of put him just pure inside mid. And um, I really like that. I think he could go at 90. I think like very low 90s for me. Mm-hmm. And given where he's priced at, that's 30 points upside. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, and, and yeah, he's a lock for 22. Like, the, the best 22, I think, at least to start the season. I'm very, very interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do you have cool. him? I, I don't have Miles. So we've got a very different looking midfield. Yeah. Actually. I thought we were going to have a very similar team, but not quite. Makes so it interesting. Hey? Um, so my next pick, uh, which is number six, uh, I've got Libba on my team. I do not have Libba. You don't have Libba. All no. right, so Libba is priced so low. He's probably very similar to Miles in terms of um Yeah, he's price priced point. about 55. So Libba... <laughs> is absolute goal when he's on the park. He is a bull. If he is... So this is completely dependent on whether he gets on the park at the start. If he's playing round one, he's in my team. That's absolutely no question because they'll play him in the midfield. Um, He might move up forward a little bit, but even then, I can see him averaging at least 85. That's a 30-point swing done in my side. Okay. There's There's no question about that for me. Can I just play a little bit of devil's advocate? Do it, man. Because I don't have Liberatore. So, Liberatore will be in my team round one if he is playing midfield. I don't necessarily think he plays midfield. So, his most recent year was 2017. Mm -hmm. And he averaged 72. So, he played 18 games with an average of 72. If he returns 72 again, he's not worth picking. No, it's only about 18 or something like that increase. So, you need to... See, the thing about him is, I think with McLean and Dunkley's emergence, I don't necessarily think that he will play midfield minutes. So for that reason, I don't know if I want to pick him. See, I'm not sure if Dunkley... Oh, sorry, not Dunkley. Dunkley would be playing midfield time 100%. I'm worried if McLean goes back into the forward line mm-hmm. and Libba gets some of that midfield time. That's what I'm thinking. I think that um, Dunkley was fantastic fantasy-wise last year. But if you went and watched... The games, and you might not agree with this, but mm. I personally felt Dunkley was kind of yeah good. Like his numbers were very good through tackles, but there was never times where he like wowed you through disposal. I think Toby McLean before doing his shoulder had a bigger impact on games than Dunkley. Yeah, and I think it'll result in a situation where they both they kind of take each other's midfield pie a bit. Okay. Um, and I don't, and I think Libba might take a bit from them both as well. Mm. So I'm not starting any of them at this stage. Okay. All right, interesting, interesting. Um, All right, so that was my number six. Who are you looking at, Ben? Sure, my number six is Sam Walsh. Uh, I've got Sam Walsh at my number seven as well, so this is just us going to be fawning over Sam Walsh. He's he's just going to be so good. Are we doing another podcast for that? I thought... There there is a chance (laughs) we'll do an entire entire 45-minute podcast (laughs) just talking about Sam Walsh, because... Um, he's he's an absolute gun. You just know he's going to be a very fantasy-friendly player. He's playing for an awful, awful team. He's going to play every game if he's fit enough. Um, and he, he's going to score well. He's, at, he's at priced at the most expensive, obviously, of the rookies. But he's worth it. And you have confidence starting him every week. No yeah. issue starting yeah, him. No too. issue. He's going to... If he's on the park, he's going to get you at least 75 for me. And that's, oh, wow. that's startable. I think, um, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty confident with Walsh too. Yeah. 
All right, my mid seven is Bailey Smith. Do you have him? I don't have Bailey Smith. At the he's moment, your no. you. He is my boy. Over. He's my boy, he's and not I love him. But I just he's not anymore. D- he just didn't. I don't have enough cash for him. With uh, he was the one I'm thinking about bringing in. With uh, with me bringing Connor Rose in yeah. for Hugh Goddard. The other th- reason is I am worried about whether his um, Achilles yeah. will heal up in time, uh-huh. and also whether he will slot comfortably into the best 22 at the start of the season. So I'm pretty confident he is in the best 22. Mm-hmm. I really rate Bailey Smith. Oh, so personally. do I. I love um, Bailey Smith. I think he also, the potential is there to play halfback, not just mid. Okay, so I yeah. like that about him. Um, They've got a few halfbacks, though, like they, Matty Suckling, Bailey Williams. Like Bailey I think Dale Williams probably play plays on a wing. Side. I think Dale doesn't play. I'm, I'm sorry um, to tell no, you. No, I'm that. happy yeah. with that. I'm ha- more um, than happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Bailey Smith's just too good to not play. Mm. And uh, if he's playing round one and is recovered from the Achilles, I I could expect a 70 average. Yeah, I, that, I'm really confident. Yeah, that's that, it's just the Achilles for me. That's a, that's a tough injury to come back from. Um, and it does take a lot of work. So we'll see how it goes. But that's a good pick. I like so that. who is your mid seven? My mid seven is uh, so I had Sam Walsh just oh, like you. Uh, yeah, my mid six. eight okay. is uh, Nick Hind, who is a placeholder for Gibbons. So at the moment we are still waiting for uh, Michael Gibbons to be added onto the uh, the AFL Fantasy website. Yep. So uh, I've just got 170k midfielder sitting there until he's added. Gibbons will be coming straight in, mature age player. Uh, level head in the midfield. He's a very good VFL player. Mm-hmm. I think he plays regularly in the side. Yeah, I don't know if... Um, sorry. I don't know if Michael Gibbons plays in the midfield for me. Yeah. But even if he plays as like a pressure forward, I think just his fantasy now gives him enough of a, a yeah upside to go in my side. Yeah. Um, he is in my side, but so is Nick Hind, the aforementioned. Okay, yeah. all right. So you've got... Uh, I'm assuming that Gibbons would be your mid-eight? Yeah. Yep, or... So- Actually, no, he's on my bench currently. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So that's your first So bench. is Nick Hind on Nick my bench. And so Nick I'll Hind just, is on your bench. The reason I like Nick Hind is St. Kilda um, rate him very highly. He was an Essendon VFL player last year, a lot of pace, and um, they've kind of earmarked a spot for him off the halfback line. Yep. They've already said that they may move Jimmy Webster onto a wing as a result of that. So um, that's interesting um, for me. Now, Nick Hind, I think, could... Yeah, I'm, I'm very confident he's going to stay best 22, not only play round one. Okay. So he gives them that burst of pace which they need and that's something they have lacked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what his scoring will be like and he's a monitor JLT but I like him for now and he should get DPP eligibility for the back line soon. I'm, I'm interested to see whether or not he does become a best 22 player because the Saints are just so loaded in a lot of positions where... Uh, you know, key position, not particularly down back, like we were saying. Carlisle is really the only one that they've got. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, those halfbacks players, like, I mean, they've got Jack Noons, they've got Shane Savage, they've got... Um, uh, I can give you who he'd be more. up against, most they, likely. They've got so many jacks in their side. So, so who do you think of these players I currently have outside the best 22 yep. um, would come in for him? So Bailey Rice... Mm, so it'd be 50-50 between those two because Bailey Rice did, was a bit of a coach's pet last year. Okay, I'm confident. I think Hind takes priority there. Mm-hmm. Luke Dunstan? No, I reckon Dunstan plays before Hind. Uh, I, I really don't think Dunstan plays with the addition of Hanabry. Um So, Nick Caulfield? Oh, tough. Um, they'll want to play Caulfield. They will want to play Caulfield. So I think they play Hind over him too. Mm. So, this is probably why I have him and you don't. Yep. So, interesting. I have... Um, 
yeah, him over probably Jack Sinclair too. So I have yeah. I have I, him quite high. I yeah. think yeah, I think that probably for me, Jack Sinclair and Caulfield probably sit a little bit ahead of him. Mm. Um, but there's also other players like Hunter Clark. We don't know if he's. I have him on the be, bench currently. Yeah, he yeah. might not be on the bench. He yeah. might be, you know, uh, left out of the best 22. It's mm-hmm. really tough to say at the Saints. They've got so many similar players. Yeah. Um, and Blake Akers is coming back in as well. There's, there's so many of them. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Who are your remaining uh, midfielders? Uh, my remaining midfielders on the bench. I'm looking at Brett Bewley from yep. uh, Fremantle. I have him too. Um, I think he's yeah, he's your mid, uh, your last bench spot, I assume. Uh, he's on my field. Oh, so I have, I have Gibbons and Hine on the oh, bench. Oh, yeah. there we go, of course. Um, so, Brett Bewley, I just think that Fremantle are going to play him with the injury to Blakely, and I, I just think he gets just enough to be a um, serviceable player for yeah, you. Yeah, if he's playing round one, which I think he is, um, as a 23-year-old wingman, yep. um, I think he could put up actually quite decent numbers. And I think 70. Stephen Hill is a bit of a risk as well. At Stephen the Hill's there. out he's, till round three. Oh, already. there we go. So, so Stephen yeah. Hill and Blakely out. Um, Lockie Neal obviously leaving last year. I think you don't have to rub it in at this point, man. Hey man, <laughs> hey man. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, and my last spot is just—it's uh, a little bit of an iffy one, which is Charlie Constable. Again, all of my rookies are wait and see. Mm-hmm. So if people like, uh, like you say, Bailey Smith, I'll happily pay a little bit more for him if he's in the round one side yeah. over Charlie Constable. Mm-hmm. But Charlie Constable, I think, has enough upside to score okay he's a good contested player Gary Ablett will be moving into the forward line yeah. um, I don't think players like Parfit are good enough inside uh, with their contested ball to take that midfield spot just yeah. yet they might be a, a half forward flank or a, a wingman something mm. like that uh, I think Charlie Constable's a, a good young player they'll want to bring into the side I think that he plays ahead of Fogarty for me this year Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think so, personally. Um, Constable, I don't think, will be best 22. If he is, I'm seriously interested. But they have so many inside midfielders. Uh, I mean, like, you know, Danger. Danger's I know Ablett's forward, but Joel Selwood. Um, Duncan's going to play some midfield. Yeah, Tim Kelly, Sam Magdola. Mm. Um, I know they don't have inside-inside guys, but they have so many guys who can yeah. rotate through there that I... And even Scott Selwood couldn't mm-hmm. get games last year. Yeah. So I have him out personally, but I see why. A few other rookies I'm just going to rattle off. Do I it. don't own any of these, but we'll quick fire, rapid fire these. Luke Valente. Luke Valente. Uh, keen if he's playing, but uh, I still think our rookies that we chose are better. Yeah, limited preseason. Very interested if playing since Freo have no mids. Love but, that. Love that. Kid. Um, Liam so Stocker. Mm, no, I... No, I probably wouldn't pick Liam Stocker just yet. They'll... We've been talking about a lot of uh, Carlton players um, and like a lot of players that they'll be bringing in, like Gibbons, like Walsh. Um, and I just think someone's not going to make the round one team of those guys, and I think that'll probably be stopped. Yeah, if he plays round one, very interested. I like his fantasy chops. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harley Bunnell. No, no, God, no. no. He's, he's, he's apparently flying on the training track. Yeah, because he's high. That's, that's probably why. No, I don't endorse Christian statements. That's unfair. That's completely I've got unfair an interest. I have an interest in Harley Bunnell if he's playing. Um, Luke Davies, Uniac. Uh, interested. Well, you know I'm interested. This, this, is, this is just you knowing who I am and knowing my love for Luke Davies. I'm interested Uniac. if playing. I don't think he is. Yeah. Um, two guys I'm not interested in, but we'll, I've seen him uh, mentioned in teams. Will Hayes from the Bulldogs and yeah. Tom Atkins from Geelong. Mm-hmm. 
this mature age-ish guys I'm not interested in either no no not particularly they're coming into teams which is going to be very hard to break into the best 22 Tom North if he plays for Freo with all the mid injuries another possibility but no I think Buley's a better choice from Freo okay the two GWS boys Jai Caldwell Jackson Haitley again tough to break into their midfield if they um, break I think, in yeah interesting because not only will obviously I believe Hopper and uh, Taranto be playing a much larger role inside their midfield yep. but I think Aiden Bonner someone like that would get a spot before them because he's got a, a more mature body even if it only is by a year cool last two are speculative but I'll go with it anyway Joe Attlee from Port with no wines no Riley West if he gets into the dogs team uh, no no I, again it's like, we were talking about Libera and how, you know, we're, we're not 100% sure on his scoring ability. I, I just, A, don't think that he's best 22 just mm-hmm. yet, Riley West. And yeah. B, if he's playing anywhere, he's playing as a, a small pressure forward at the start and Perfect. not scoring enough. Um, the DT Talk team is very similar to, they have pretty much every guy we've just mentioned. The yeah. only one we've missed is Patrick Cripps. Uh, I like it, don't get me wrong. Amazing player, but he's one of my first upgrade targets. Um, I think he's so expensive that I couldn't squeeze him in with Jack McRae yeah. being there. And considering my next best was um, was Angus Brayshaw or Zach Merritt, who are both a little bit cheaper than him, like 30 or 40k. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I just... I would rather go with that. Yeah, I think he could, with natural improvement, go a bit better this year. I like the pick a lot. Just didn't fit him in personally. Absolutely. All right, All right, Rocks. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so I've locked in Brody Grundy. Yeah, Brody Grundy's yeah. my purple captain, so... Yep. Yep. So I've got McRae and Grundy, and that's where I think a lot of scoring is going to come from. I yeah. don't think either of them are going to go downwards, mm-hmm. um, and I think you're going to be sa- paying about the same amount at the towards the end of the year or midway through the year as you are right now, yeah. so I have no issue starting both. All right, who's your number two? This is where it's very All interesting. Right, I've got my boy Tim English sitting there. Oh. I think that this is the year. This has got to be the year where Tim English comes in and plays a full season. Beveridge has to, at some point, play a proper Ruckman. I think he's going to lose his job if he doesn't. If he keeps rotating Roughhead or... Um, uh, no, Roughhead, did he? He went to the... Uh, Magpies, Jordan Roughheads at Magpies. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Trengrove. Jack Trengrove. Yeah, Jack Trengrove or Boyd as their number one Ruckman still for the entire year. It's a disgrace considering the quality that English has. And I honestly think that that's a real detriment on Beveridge's coaching ability. Yeah. Um, so, and that's a, that might sound a bit harsh, but the game has evolved away from being able to do that even in just the past two or three years since mm. they won the Premiership. Um, and you've just got to play a quality ruckman. I think with the six 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 lineup as well, a good tap out in the centre is going to be very very important. You, you're not very going to be true. able to rush people in off the halfback mm-hmm. lines like the Bulldogs like to do. So uh, yeah, for me, Tim English, and I think what's he priced at an average of seventy three. Seventy three. He's going to average if he plays every game ninety for me. Okay, so Tim English. If he is the starting ruck, and especially if he doesn't have someone to compete with, mm-hmm. um, I'm very interested also, and he's a massive watch for me in the JLT. Yep. Um, however, just because there's a bit of uncertainty there, I've gone Todd Goldstein. Yeah, cool. So you paid a little bit extra so for that. Yeah, extra. He's priced at 93, but if you saw towards the back end of last season where Magic Doorstop went really to the back line and mm-hmm. you know Proust didn't play at all... Um, Todd Goldstein was fantastic. He went at 105 after the bye. Yep. Um, no Proust there now, so no real uncertainty. So if he continues with that form, 
he's got actually a, 10 points of upside, which mm-hmm. is something that there are not many rucks who have this year. Yeah. So that's who I have currently. I, um, I really like it. I can't fold it too much except for I worry about... So obviously players like English, younger players, they have that natural improvement. He's he's another year older this year. He's into his thirties, I think. Is he thirty thirty one? Yeah, he Tom might Goldstein. be. I was thinking twenty nine thirty. So yeah, yeah. I, I might I might be thinking he's a bit older than he actually is. But even then, I I don't think he's got too much more improvement in him. You're mm-hmm. probably going to be looking getting about what he's averaged at for me. So um, ninety three. Yeah, around about ninety three. I think that's what he's going to average. Yeah, so, I think he'll go about a hundred. So yeah, I, who's going to be the the second ruckman? You reckon Gorn is going to score well enough to be the second ruckman with Bruce? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he's going to be the one that you're shooting to get after his price falls because I think there is going to be a price fall if they play Bruce in the same mm, side. Mm, I agree. Um, but I also read an article which sounded horrible which said um, that as opposed to him drifting into the back line like he did last year for intercept marks, Gorn was drifting up forward. Um, That's worse. That is significantly worse. Him drifting into the back line and taking intercept marks and getting cheeky plus sixes was amazing for his scoring. If he's going up into the forward line, that's not going to be anywhere near as easy. Not a fan of it. Yeah, interesting indeed. Um, All right, so those are our two. And, And for me, I mean, I've just got pretty plug-and-play benches. It's yeah. just, I've got Darcy Fort and Darcy Cameron there. Darcy Fort has to be one of your rock rookies. Yeah, he just does. with what Chris Scott does. Yeah. Um, and Tristan Sher- Zeri? Zeri? Yeah, Zeri. Is he a forward rock? Is yeah, that, he's a forward. So that's why one, he's a forward rock. Two, Todd Goldstein's back up in case you get like a one-week suspension or whatever. Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, as long as you have Darcy Ford, it doesn't really matter no, who you go with doesn't your matter. But Ruck forward's handy. If Darcy Cameron's playing, yes, that'd be handy. Yeah. If he's a ruck forward, that's also very handy. Cool. Forwards. Um, forwards. Okay. We have uh, in my number one spot. He's probably the biggest lock. We were talking about Zach Williams, but you have to have Paddy Dangerfield to start for me. Yeah, we don't need to discuss this no, at all. Paddy we don't. He's, so he's, a, he's a forward. Um, they've all talked about all season about him being back in the midfield. It's done. You've got yeah. to lock him Ablett's already said he's going to pretty much play forward as well. So there's, yeah. there's the space for it. So. Um, so, uh, number two for me is a guy that you said you definitely didn't have in your team, which is Josh Dunkley. Yeah. Uh, Happy to pay extra for him. Um, he's going to go up for me. Don't I mean he's priced at six hundred and ninety-five. I think he's going to be priced when he's averaging at his highest, closer to seven hundred and sixty, something like that. So he's going to increase in price. For me, he averages a hundred to one hundred and five this year mm-hmm. as a forward, which is absolute gold. Locking him in. See, I think Dunkley does average about about smack on a hundred. Um, the thing about him though is, I think there's a I think there's uncertainty and a lot of risk with him. Yeah. So he is. Someone I won't start with, and then he will be the first guy I look at. If he's like last year, then I'll get him in at all costs as quickly as possible. I guess the the devil's advocate to that is start with him round one, and then just bail if he's not getting me. Yeah, absolutely. So, he's not going to go down too much no. in price, I would suggest, because he is a lower priced premium option, premium. The upside is massive, though. It's oh, absolutely abs- massive. He was incredible in the back end of last year. It was yeah. ridiculous. Um, I have Isaac Heaney as my number two. Interesting. So you're banking on this being the year where he goes true. Yeah, I'm not. Premium. I'm not set set like on this one. Like this could change, but the reason I do have Heaney's priced at 91. Yeah, and um. 
I think that Sydney's midfield's kind of crap this year. Uh, yeah, I agree. JPK looked like he was tailing off. Um, I think he's he not done, like but getting there. The age is hitting him for me. So Heaney kind of becomes the number two mid for me this year. He has to play perma mid, essentially, with Hannah's gone too. And I think that that, with natural improvement, will push him towards yeah. 100. See, another... Uh, we didn't talk about him earlier, but in the defensive role, Callum Mills is a very, very interesting option because I think that he's another one that could get midfield time. Yeah. Um, or even Ryan Clark, probably not for salary cap, but later in drafts. Yeah. Ryan Clark's an interesting one to look at too. Yeah, um, I'm going to keep saying Ryan Clark because he's one of my boys, <laughs> and uh, I have to make up for mistakes last year. So, um, so yeah. Well, so you've got Isaac Heaney. I, I think that's a good choice. I, if he can break out of what Matt and I call the Heaney zone, which yeah. was pretty much last year, he he would get between 95 or 100, but his ceiling wasn't terrific. Um, I don't think you'll. The other great thing about Heaney is I have like full confidence that he won't dog you because of the Heaney zone. Yeah, like, he's a good, consistent player. Worst case scenario, he gets me in the nineties and will be a very close to a top six forward. I like your your phrase. He won't dog you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heaney won't dog you. Anyone out there, if you want to pick him, it's all good. <laughs> Look at his like baby face and blonde hair, man. Oh, that guy can't gold. dog you. Um, all right, number three for me, and I've gone pretty cheap in the forward line, just like the defense, uh, to save some money to get yeah. that extra midfield premium. Um, I've got Chad Wingard. Yeah, here I have Chad Wingard time. in number three as well. Yeah. So we're in unison there. Um, I just think he's going to be playing midfield time. Um, that seems to be the it's the buzzword. Yeah. It's the buzzword every preseason. But Hawks lack mids. They so lack creative mids I had Wingard well. before the Titch injury, so like now that even like assures it even more, mm. right? So I'm very confident with this. Yeah. Considering um, some of the players that they have in there are a, a little bit one-dimensional, Sean Burgoyne is getting that bit older. He's not going to be... I mean, at some stage, Sean Burgoyne is going to tail away. Yeah. And he, I think that uh, Jaeger O'Meara and especially Chad Wingard are the sort of creative midfielders that they would really, really need yeah. um, at the Hawks. Um, I really... I think that his scoring might go down somewhat with um, Mitchell actually being out, which is a strange thing to yeah. say. Yeah. Because I think he was guaranteed midfield time whether Mitchell was playing or not. Totally it's not going to change. Um, and having midfield not in that side is going to put more attention onto Wingard, but he's still worth it as a forward. I could not agree more. And I see everyone like, oh, he's a lock with Titch out, lock with Titch out. I, I think it's a bad thing for him. Yeah. Um, I think he would have had... And I think it's a bad thing for keeper leagues too because he may now be pure mid. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like before he would have rotated just enough and not got enough attention and he would yeah. have been a mid forward. But... Yeah, I, I worry a little bit now, but I still like the pick. Yeah, absolutely. Who's um, your four? All right, my four, I've gone right down to rookies here. Me too. So, um, so I've got good. Will Setterfield here. Okay, I have Will Setterfield at my five spot. Okay, yep. So we'll discuss him I now. I think, actually, no, I think... Um, is your number four spot Isaac Rankin? Yes, it is. Okay, all right. So I've got him just at five because I, I haven't aligned the prices correctly. So we'll talk about Will Setterfield first. Yep. Um, I, I think the Giants, uh, you know... Knew they had a really good player. He wanted to move back to Melbourne. Carlton picked him up. They're going to play him. He's a quality player. It was just the ACL that kept him out. It might take a little bit to get back into it, but he's priced so low and he's a forward. He's going to score well when he's on the park. I think it all points to a, a lock. Yeah, if you uh, Carlton rate him very high internally as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's someone that really should get games if he's over his injury and I think he could put up similar numbers to at worst case that at, at a, as a Matty Kennedy from last year I think you can expect maybe 65 to 70 yeah. um, which you'd be very happy with as a 
rookie forward. So For yeah, sure. I really like it. I agree. Um, uh, we'll go into Isaac Rankin. Um, I, I I know that you would probably say that this guy is a big lock as well. I don't I wouldn't think go he's lock, a legit lock. Yeah, but, okay, but yeah. I, I like the pick. Yeah. I, th- I think exactly the same. So I, he's not locked into my side at the moment. He, it might change around because he is priced very high at 266 mm-hmm. for a rookie. Um, but I think that if he's fit, he will be in their side round one. There's no issue with that. They need that flair. Um, whether or not he can score well straight away, considering he will probably play up forward and... Uh, he's playing for Gold Coast, yeah. uh, which is just a horrible situation to be in for yeah. anyone. Um, I, I'm not 100% sold on that, so this may change. But for now, he's just got so much quality, so much class. They'll want him in their side. I think it's a good pick at the moment. Yeah, he's best 22 at any team in the league. He's that good. Um, this guy, he's a stud. He yeah. is actually a stud. And if he was at any other team, he would be the biggest lock in the world for me. The only reason that <laughs> there is any doubt is he is at arguably the worst team of all time. Well, it's, and, yeah. I mean, and playing as a forward. Like, it's, it's really unfortunate what's happening at the Gold Coast as well because they would be a good team if they had kept their players. Yep. The players that they've lost are really good players. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if they had kept everyone from their list, they, they would have had quality. Obviously, players like Harley Bennell, unfortunately, tailed away for other reasons. And that's um, very unfortunate because the guy has so much talent. Um, I, yeah, You're really I, bashing on Harley Bennell this podcast, dude. Like, well, I, I don't know what your problem is. I've, your picked, I've picked Harley Bennell so many times in the past. I picked him up late in drafts thinking this will be the year. This will be the year. And it's just never the year. He had that amazing year, like back five years ago, I want to say. Five, yeah, six was, years ago. Oh, it was like 2011. Yeah, I it was like, like, uh, that so long, long ago. And, you know... You were in your 20s been, back then. So oh, man, like, I yeah. was in my 20s back then. It seems so long ago. Um, so, yeah, I just... Uh, it's unfortunate. But again, he's priced super low this year. This could be the year. Brody, it could happen. Uh, all right, number six for me, is another rookie. I've just got Josh Corbett from okay. the Sun sneaking in there. Um, I have Ben Kavara. Ah, uh, yeah. He's number. He's on my bench for me. I think Ben Kavara, given how well he did last year in the VFL, yeah. um, he is undersized, so take that into account when you look at his stats because undersized guys do far worse at AFL level. Mm-hmm. However, I think he could play like a forward pocket for the dogs and... Um, yeah, he's mature enough to be best 22, so I rate him. Yeah, so I like Ben Kavara. Josh Corbett snuck in for me. Because, me too, I have Corbett. Yeah, so he's on your bench. Um, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where a lot of these Gold Coast guys, even though we, we're bashing on the team at the moment, they'll probably play because mm-hmm. they need these players to be inside. Yeah. They need those mature bodies. So Josh Corbett, he might not average particularly he'll well. He'll average but poor. Like, he'll be a heartbeat. He's a third tour for the Gold Coast. Um, like... I can see a bit of like Belly Fresh in him as well, yeah. as what Belly oh, Fresh was like when he played in the forward line. Yeah. But Belly Fresh was on a good team, so okay. I, I think he's going to really struggle to put up scores. And I would like to find someone else playing. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully there will be, but I have him in there for now. Okay, um, and we've talked about Ben Kavara, who's on my bench. The last one on my bench, the last member of my team is one of your defenders. Actually, I've got Chris Burgess sitting okay, there as, as a forward. Yep. So. Um, uh, he may switch to my uh, defense at the moment because I think I have more confidence in him playing than some of the others. So mm. maybe do the old switcheroo, bring in another um, uh, forward rookie mm. and then you're lessening the risk somewhat in defense. 
I have uh, Matthew Parker from St Kilda. Okay, so yeah. he's a bit of a hard at it boy from South Frio, another mature age prospect, and I think he might bring a bit of grunt into that that forward line. Um, the only problem is you do have similar player in Dean Kent, yeah, who has just come across to the Saints. Mm-hmm. So I could see them battling potentially for one spot, and I. That was no pun intended. That was not a Josh Battle pun. I just realized I did that. It's a terrible pun. It's not a player you were referencing. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know if he plays, but I have him... Uh, I have him in there at this stage, and he should be someone you look to downgrade to at some point in the season if he's not playing round one. Much like Josh Battle from last year. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, I... (laughs) All right, you worked it in somewhere, did you? That you was no to, pun intended, had, I swear. You had to get it in. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't mind the pick. And the last rookie on the bench is always pretty much, as we've been saying, just someone that's playing. Yeah. You need a heartbeat there. You need someone to keep ticking over and getting those extra, you know, that bit of cash flow in every week. And I have a few names we should look out for. Let me know what you think of them, Christian. Okay. These ones are a bit more dire than the midfield, so forgive yeah. me in advance. Brandon Starsevic, he's priced at about 200k, and mm-hmm. he played games for Brisbane last year. Does he, he play? He did probably not for me. Uh, probably yeah. not enough. They, mm. Brisbane have got enough talent coming through that are like when players like Matheson. Um, I mean, obviously Keys is there as well. He's yeah. battling out with some of those guys. Starsevic is probably ahead of them because mm-hmm. he's younger and he was playing last year, yeah. um, despite the fact that those guys were missing. Yeah. Um, I. I'd still just be worried about that. Brisbane are a bit more chock full than someone, a team like Gold Coast or yep. Carlton. Yep. Um, the next one I have, I don't think he plays, but he reminds me a lot of Brady Gray, and that is Lachlan Schultz. Oh, okay. So he's a Frio, very hard at it, pressure, undersized forward. Uh-huh. Um, he's kind of mature age. He'd be about 21. So... Um, comes from Williamstown I believe so if Frio look their team's not good they're still pretty much rebuilding he could come in as a pressure forward I don't think he does so the last person I'm really interested in and I think one of these three could play they're all from Adelaide Mm -hmm. and they all play a very similar role and that is Tyson Stengel Ned McHenry and Shane McAdam I think one of those guys could get a game as the Adelaide small forward if I was to rank them it would go uh who would we go? Shane McAdam would be first. Yeah, he's probably um, he's he, pretty raw though, but he's yeah very I'd, good. I'd say he would be first. Uh, McHenry would be after that, followed by Stengel. Um, okay. So I would probably choose Stengel last, um, and then Ned McHenry's just I mean he's a quality young draftee coming in this he's year. He's got pressure as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was one of the top tacklers in the um, yeah. in the under 18 Great character too. I can really see him fitting in quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I think that. Um, uh, yeah, McAdams is one a real chance to get into the round one side. So he's another one that I've been looking at. They're all probably fighting against like a Lockie Murphy or someone too. Yeah. So um, I don't know if any of them get it, but I hope one of them does for yeah. us. Lockie Murphy's probably ahead of the pack at the moment of the, those four. Um, so he's sneaking in. Eddie Betts obviously is there too. So there's a little bit of you know young small forward talent there. Betts obviously doesn't fit into that category, but it's hard to see you know two or three of them playing in the same side. Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's it. That's it. So that that was an absolutely brilliant run through. So <laughs> took our time, um, went through line by line. We're going to post this up on Twitter, our teams, so that you can have a little bit of a look through them yourselves. And again, obviously, these are going to change somewhat yeah. before the season. And uh, 
whether it's Brody and I or Matt and I, we're going to try and keep you updated on what those changes will be so that you can um, have a little bit of a look and see what you think about your team too. Um, and obviously, remember to keep an eye on rookies in the JLT. Keep an eye on everyone's position, but rookies in particular to see who you think is going to slot into Will the Will we update 22. our teams before the season starts? What are you Well, like, sorry, update everyone on our teams. Oh, I, I will. I absolutely will. I know you're a little bit sneaky sometimes. You like to uh, to keep things to yourself. Mate, when you win as many leagues as I do, you've <laughs> oh, got to keep some it. cards close all right. to the best. All right, mate, yeah. Well, uh, I think on that note, we're going to end the podcast this week. You're going to edit that bit out too, aren't you? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining me, Brody. No it's been at all. absolutely brilliant. And we'll be back uh, every week now from the... Uh, from this point on to cover everything that's going on in the preseason. We've got a special episode next week where we will be talking about some of the AFL draftees from last year's crop and how we think they're going to play in Keeper League. So if you're in a Keeper League and your draft is coming up, one of your top ops, make sure to listen out because this is going to be great stuff from both Brody and I who will be back next week. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So everyone out there, have a great week and uh, keep updating those fantasy teams.